When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where now you can use code DNVR at sign up to get some very special offers like how you can turn a $5 bet into $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch no matter what this postseason in the NBA when you use code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's quick little recap, probably noticed that this is a shorter episode than normal. That is because on Thursday afternoon, we did have Ryan Herrera from CHGO Cubs in the studio where we previewed the series with the Cubs. So that might already be in your podcast queue. So you can go ahead and listen to that conversation. Much of what we talked about still incredibly relevant as we did not make too many predictions just about who we thought would win the series, whether they would split, whether the Rockies would come ahead winning three of the four in that. So please make sure you go back and check out that conversation as a podcast or over on our YouTube channel on DNVR Sports. But here in this quick little post-game recap, which you will probably get about once a week, you'll still get those five full podcasts, 45 minutes to an hour, if not even longer than that. You'll still get five of those, but you may get one or two little post-game recaps along the way now in thursday night's game cubs did win the first game of this four game set five to two kyle freeland good not great probably just as good as he was in his first start that first start on opening day against the dodgers seemed to have been able to shake that a little bit in the post game conversation we had seemed okay seemed satisfied with how well he did considering This probably would have been his fourth start of spring training. Of course, we know that spring training itself was abbreviated, so he had to go out and still keep fine-tuning himself in the regular season. Well, this time, his second start of the season, still where he's ramping up just a little bit, nevertheless, comes up short of his expectations, those 73 pitches. Only 49 for strikes, did talk about his command being a little bit off. Goes five and a third innings pitch, gives up five earned runs. But there was a period where Freeland did toss four straight scoreless frames with only one hit allowed before allowing two more runs in the fifth. Did give up three runs in the first. Possibly could have been less than that. We'll go through all of the details in general of how that went down. The bullpen, again, looked really solid. We know going into this series and in Thursday night's game, Rockies had the best bullpen in all of baseball. Well, that trend is continuing. You got three and two-thirds innings pitched of scoreless ball out of Ashton Godot, Justin Lawrence, Tyler Kinley. Lawrence and Kinley both threw one frame, the eighth and the ninth. Godot finished off that sixth inning also pitched the seventh inning, did a really nice job, only gave up one hit. The rest were zero. So the bullpen locked it down in a real major way. On the offensive side, you want to know who was doing their thing. Well, 
couple guys got hits in bunches. Connor Joe was two for five with two singles. So he continues his hit streak with base hits in all six games of the season. Same is true for Chris Bryant. He goes two for five and frankly should have had another single. We will talk about that. Some blunders, some some poor defensive play out of the Rockies. They did make two errors and an error on the base paths. That, of course, will not show up in a box score. But nevertheless, Bryant should have had three, did get the two. Now what that does is it extends Bryant's hitting streak to six games. A little bit extra notable because he now is third all-time in hitting streaks to start a Rockies career for free agents who has had more consecutive games with a base hit to start their career as a Rocky. You've got Justin Morneau, who did it in eight straight to begin his Rockies career in 2014. And you have Ellis Burks, who did it in 1994 for 14 straight games. So that one's going to be a hard one to possibly break for Bryant. CJ Crone also had himself another two-hit game, had a double, as well as an infield single. Strange, right? He goes and has the first triple of the season just the other day. Now he's got an infield single for himself. And then Jonathan Daza went two for four. Actually, his second multi-hit game in as many starts for this season. But as I said, it was not a clean game for the Colorado Rockies, either defensively or on the base pass. You had two errors in this game, which really factored in, I think, in some of the run scoring. In the first inning, with one out, Nick Madrigal singled, and you had Jonathan Villar, who has very good numbers against Freeland. He entered this game, I believe, 7-4-8. Well, Freeland was able to get him out once, but Villar overall did go 2-for-3 and is now 9-for-11 in his career against Freeland. But Villar gets a single. Madrigal moves over to the third. Bryant... Probably should be throwing to second base. Was trying, was going for the aggressive play over there at third base. Madrigal slides in safe. VR moves into scoring position. So instead of runners on first and third, you had two in scoring position. Obviously, that's important to note because Kyle Freeland, since 2018, has the most double plays on record of any pitcher in all of MLB. He is Mr. Double Play, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, because Freeland was a part of yet another record here when it comes to double plays for the Rockies. But that happens in the first inning. Elias Diaz also being aggressive, throws down to third base to try to get Nick Madrigal, pick him off a little bit as he's dancing a little bit too far down the line. Good intentions, but that ball sails into foul territory in left field. Madrigal ends up scoring. We also later on had an error from... Jose Iglesias, that did not factor in on the scoring, but sloppy play there defensively, as I said, the two errors. The biggest error, quite possibly, was in the fourth inning. Now, the biggest error, of course, was in the fifth inning and was on the base pass. So I believe at this point it was 3-0. It's hard to keep track of all of all of these things because there's a lot of what ifs in this scenario. So it's three nothing and the Rockies are getting a rally going here against Cubs starting pitcher Justin Steele. And this was the point. This would be his last inning of work. 
So Jonathan Daza gets a leadoff single in the fifth. Connor Joe makes a, a hard out on a liner to left field. Charlie Blackman walks. Now we've got runners on first and second with Chris Bryan up. He'd already had his base hit to keep the streak going. And singles to left field, at least what appeared to be a single to left field, just out of the reach of third baseman Patrick Wisdom. And Daza, unfortunately, does not see this. He thought, I, I talked to him briefly after the game, was a little bit distraught over the error. Again, we don't know what could have been, but he even said post game, we don't know what could have been. But had this gaffe not been made on the base pass, we would have had the bases loaded with only one out. As it were, Daza turns back to go to second base, actually turns his back on the ball. Fundamental mistake uh, that he made there and isn't able to get back, or rather isn't able to get to third base on that apparent base hit to left field and left fielder fi uh, fires to third baseman Patrick Wisdom for the second out. And so now you've got runners at first and second and that base hit for Chris Bryant is not a base hit. It's considered a, a fielder's choice, even though very clearly we know what a base hit looks like. It's a fielder's choice. So that robs a hit of Bryant, but more importantly, it robs the rally, it robs some pressure, allows relief pitcher Ethan Roberts to rest just a little bit at that point he goes up and immediately gives a double to cj crone that we know of course if the bases were loaded would have scored two instead it only scores one next at bat brendan rogers walks mcmahon walks that would have forced in a run there and elias diaz for the third and final out flies out deep to left field which had Jonathan Daza not been thrown out at the bases, that would have been a sacrifice fly, and you very well would have had at least a 3-3 game. That is, if everything would have played out exactly the same. We have no way of knowing that. But that was, of course, the turning point in the game. Rockies not really able to rebound after that. They do get a hit in each subsequent inning from that rally, but it is not enough. They lose on Thursday night in front of a smaller crowd. Than I think we were all expecting. Only around 25,000. You know, good turnout by Rockies fans. Not a great turnout for Cubs fans, which I think is good in a way. You did hear a couple let's go Cubs chants out there, but nothing too bad. There were a couple moments where if you were having a conversation, you might have heard some cheering and celebration and turned around to find out the Cubs did something good or the Rockies did something bad. So there was some of those surprise moments. As I alluded to earlier, there were a lot of double plays in this game. Five, in fact. Five in the first seven innings. It actually ties for the most double plays in a nine-inning game. The franchise record is six, but that did come in an 11-inning affair. Most of these double plays were the ground ball double play variety, as we know Kyle Freeland is prone to doing. But there was a very strange double play in which there was a line drive hit by Jan Gomes, and Seiya Suzuki could not get himself back to first base. So you had a 9-3 double play, which also wiped a run off the board because Jonathan VR had tagged up on this line drive fly ball, if you will, to right field. So that was an important play at the time in the third. That was one of those five double plays that helped tie the record for a nine-inning game. Of course, it is overall the 
tied for the second most double plays in any game in Rockies history. Of these three occurrences in which five double plays were turned by the Rockies in a nine-inning game, two of them have been started by Kyle Freeland. So very much a trend that we are noticing. Those games, in case you want to see the box score, would be on June 21st in 2018 at Coors Field versus the New York Mets. That was the one that Kyle Freeland was starting. And then there was a road game in Kansas City, of all places, on May 23rd, 2010. Post-game conversations, Kyle Freeland did talk about his command being a little bit off, was relying on his off-speed pitches probably a little bit more than he would have liked. But he even said that stuff-wise, Freeland was fine. You know, Cubs bunched a few hits together there in the first inning. There was a home run hit in this game. Kyle Schwindel to lead off the sixth inning just eked out over the right field auxiliary scoreboard. We haven't seen a lot of home runs here at Coors Field. Strange occurrence on either side. We know the Rockies have been hitting the ball pretty well, but haven't been getting enough of a charge into it to see it fly out of play. But he also added that Freeland was getting a little bit tired there in the sixth. You know, did a good job in being efficient. After that first inning where he threw 24 pitches, and the second only threw 12, and the third only threw eight, and the fifth, in the fourth only threw five, and then in the fifth threw 10. So it was almost as if he was getting better, more efficient as the game went on, and really you know, had things gone slightly different there in the first, maybe the Cubs only eke across one run. Maybe in the sixth, they only get the one home run from Schwindel. The base running gaff by Daza doesn't happen. Maybe they get three runs, and we're talking about a 3-2 game. But look, there's we know baseball is broken down into thirds. A third of the games, you know you're going to lose. A third of the games, you know you're going to win. And it's really about what happens with those other thirds right? With that other third, the 50 some games. And so this was one that, you know, very much could have won. They did not. It's close, but they did not get the job done. Other notes, Brendan Rogers still struggling a little bit. He did go 0 for 4 on the night, did have one walk, struck out three times. He's now 2 for 23. But as I mentioned on the podcast, you may have listened to on Thursday, one of the two, you may have listened to on Thursday with Drew Goodman. The numbers behind the 2 for 19 start, at least after Tuesday, and now 2 for 23, still look pretty good. He's hitting the ball hard when he's making contact. He's not striking out too much. So you got to think that that luck is going to break through. You did see him bat fifth on Thursday night. So Bud Black does like what he's seeing outside of the results because sometimes the results don't really speak to what's going on behind the scenes. So we'll see what happens with Rodgers on Friday against Marcus Stroman, who does look like he'll be the starter for the Cubs against Herman Marquez. That's going to be a great game to watch. Make sure you get tickets to that one. I think that's going to be really fun on Friday night. So maybe Ryan McMahon slots up just a little bit, but don't want to don't wanna hit him in the confidence right now. He's, he's looking okay, but again, the numbers aren't backing it up just yet. Connor Joe should be noted that going into this game, since he was called up last year on July 20th, I think I think the chance had already started for Connor Joe at that point. If not, it may have happened exactly on that first call up on July 20th. 
Connor Joe is now has a slash line of 306, 401, 569, 10 homers, 32 RBI, 21 walks to only 32 strikeouts. So Connor Joe, of course, doing the damn thing and doing it really, really well. Rockies take the loss. They go to four and two. Had they won and gone to five and one, they would have tied three other seasons for that five and one start. That being 2017, 2013, and 1995. Yes, two of those years were playoff seasons, 2013 being the one that is the outlier to that. So we know 2018. We also know 2007, 2009 were seasons in which they didn't start five and one. So can't read too much into it. Just like the great start, how how good it's been and how much fun that the Rockies are having overall. Can't read too much into it altogether as the Rockies fall to four and two. On the Cubs notes, you do have Seiya Suzuki who went one for four with one RBI. He's now hit safely in all six of his first career major league games and has at least one RBI in four straight. You probably also noticed that in the ninth inning, former Rockies reliever Michael Givens recorded the save for the Cubbies. Do just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, DraftKings, who again, use code DNVR when you first sign up for all kinds of special offers. If you happen to swing by to pick up some food for yourself for the weekend, make sure you make it a Breckenridge Brew Avalanche Ale is the way to go. Also, good company, Hard Seltzer is a great opportunity to have some fun there if you want something a little bit lighter. Remember, Nuggets, Avs, playoff season is here. In fact, Saturday is the first Nuggets game. So you can watch that on Avaca TV. Go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. And on top of that, use code DNVR for $10 off your first three months. You can also get Rapids and Rockies games all in one spot with Avaca TV. That's avaca.tv slash DNVR. Head to any of Denver's 11 light shade locations. Maybe it's for some Wana Optimals, fast asleep gummies. Maybe it's for some Ripple Dissolvables to turn anything into an edible. Whatever it may be, check that out. And finally, Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're talking 75 high-quality vitamins, whole foods, sourced superfoods, all kinds of good stuff. You get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Well, as I mentioned, Friday's starters will be Marcus Stroman and Hermen Marquez, who's looking to add on to that great seven-inning, one-earned-run outing from Saturday against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Saturday, this Saturday, coming up, we don't know who's going to go for the Cubs. Keegan Thompson was slated as potentially that guy. Of course, if you listen to the conversation we have with Ryan Herrera from CHGO Cubs, he said, well, Keegan Thompson is appealing a three-game suspension for, I believe he was throwing at Andrew McCutcheon. There was kind of a, a beanball fest, if you will, there at Wrigley Field last weekend. We saw him pitch really well. Bud Black gave him a nice little shout-out, went three and a third innings pitch of scoreless baseball, struck out one, did give up three hits. Keegan Thompson did, uh, but we do know that Antonio Sinzatella will be getting the start on Saturday for the Rocks. And on Sunday, another battle of left-handers. That's Drew Smiley uh, for the Cubs and Austin Gomber 
for your Colorado Rockies. We know that when there's a left-hander on the hill, Connor Joe is your leadoff hitter. He was that on Thursday night as the DH had the defensive alignment of Chris Bryant and left Charlie Blackman and right and Jonathan Daza getting the start and center. So you may have read an article on the DNVR.com now only 50 cents for your first month all about Randall Gritchick's fantastic, miraculous, stupendous catch. I don't know what other adjectives I could possibly use to describe that great play that he made on Tuesday night, a game-saving grab, but Charlie Blackman was still buzzing about it. Chris Bryant buzzing about it. I talked with Daza about it, who didn't see the play. He was getting ready to come in late in the game, possibly to pinch hit or to be uh, in there as a defensive replacement and ended up going back, searching out the highlights and said, that was amazing. So you can read all about that article on the DNVR.com. But Gritchick, despite the great play, no, not in the lineup. I think Bud Black has a rule that if a guy hits a home run, he's guaranteed to start the next day. I say that. And in fact, he says that, but I'm pretty sure last year there was a game where someone hit a homer and they were not in the lineup the next day. And I thought, hey, wait a minute, it's breaking the rules. Well, apparently if you rob a home run, it doesn't guarantee you a start the next day, though it probably should if you're doing that well defensively. We're probably going to see Gritchick back in there against Stroman on Friday night. But I did just want to run down real quick with the Rockies minor league affiliates. You know, we don't they don't get as much coverage as probably we would like. We got five hours a week, but guess what? All those five hours really need to be dedicated to the Colorado Rockies. But I know all of you out there do have some interest in that. Albuquerque did win on Thursday night, 11 to 8 over the Tacoma Rainiers, the top affiliate for the Seattle Mariners. Colton Welker did go two for five with four RBI including his first home run of the season. Also with his first home run, Eleores Montero, who went two for four. Both guys, both third baseman slash first baseman, both corner infielders are now batting over 300 and are circling 1,000 for their OPS. On the pitching side, Ben Bowden did go a full inning, but he gave up two earned runs, including a homer. His second rough outing in a row now has a 9.64 ERA in his four games, but he did have a two-inning scoreless outing against the OKC Dodgers last week. In AA, Hartford did not lose, but they also did not win. Game was postponed there in New Hampshire. We'll see if they'll have a doubleheader projected to go over the course of the weekend. Mitchell Kilkenny, who was supposed to start on Thursday, left-handed starter Nick Bush, and then two righties, Garrett Schilling and Noah Davis this weekend. Yard goes off to a three-and-two start. So far in high A, you had Spokane, who dropped to two and three after a loss to the Eugene Emeralds and to the Eugene Emeralds and in low A. Fresno was up late as I record this. I imagine they secured the victory. They were up nine to four at one point over the Giants low A affiliate San Jose Giants. Biggest game and biggest name to jump out there. Third baseman Warming Bernabel, who went two for four with a double and RBI, scored twice, walked once, is now batting 478 through his first six games. Has hits in all six games and has a multi-hit performance in five of his six games. So he is starting off in a major way. Fresno still looking really, really solid overall. So that gets you up to date a bit on the Rockies minor league affiliates. Make sure you're tuned in 
to at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. Follow me at Patrick D. Lyons and my partner in crime at the Susie Hunter on Twitter. And remember, it's only 50 cents for your first month at thednvr.com. This has been wonderful as always, but you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we will talk to you Sunday with our post-game show with a couple special guests live in studio. You'll hear that Monday as a podcast, but make sure you're tuning in to our YouTube channel on DNVR Sports. Search that out for the post-game show. Momentum, it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.